Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to another episode of the Tigers Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Schulte. This is the season wrap-up edition of the TBP, as I like to call it. And uh, we're going to talk about the end of the season, about Miguel Cabrera's retirement, about um, all sorts of things, and uh, set the tone for the off season, and um, we will keep you apprised of what's going on during the off season. Um, we're not going to go through and set up do podcasts about all of the all of the uh, prospects in the Arizona Fall League or anything like that because I just don't have time. So we're going to just leave it at that. Uh, real quick injury updates: um, Riley Green says he will be ready on opening day, um, which is very probable considering that he's not using his it's not the sur- the uh, Tommy John surgery that he had was not on his throwing arm it was on his other um it was on his right arm not his left so that's going to be that's uh, an important step to think about an important thing to think about it Bryce Harper had the same situation and he came back uh pretty well um <laughs> earlier this year uh, not to say that Riley Green is a, is the caliber of Bryce Harper, but you you know if if anybody can show that it can be done, he's he's one to do it. Um, Akil Badu also had Tommy John surgery before the Tigers drafted him in the Rule Five draft, and if I understand correctly, he had it on his throwing arm, so that was a little different. But because there's not as much pressure put on the ligament um, in the non-throwing arm, um, Riley Green will be able to come back and and should be ready for opening day. This is according to Dr. Keith Meister, who did the repair uh, in Dallas during the regular season. Um, Alex Fiedo had a middle finger procedure, a fingernail procedure done again on his right middle finger his he's been having issues with that over the last few months and um he should be ready for 2024 not sure what's going on with casey mize but i have a suspicion that he'll be ready for 2024 and um um, tyler alexander is slated to be back um in 2024 now the the difference between Casey Mize and Tyler Alexander is Tyler Alexander is on a one year, well, is on a, is a, is a, is arbitration eligible after this year, as is Spencer Turnbull, as is Austin Meadows, as is um, quite a few, uh, as are quite a few of the Tigers. Um, so, they're going to have some interesting moves to make. We will cover that once they're all once they make their decisions as to who's tendered and who's not. Um, we'll make we'll 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 discuss that after uh, the uh, non-tender deadline, which I do believe is November thirtieth. I think that's a pretty straight a pretty um, set in stone date that they have for that uh, every year. I think that's a that's sort of like the uh, the um, the trade deadline thing it's 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 going to be every year at this specific day so um i do believe it's november 30th and uh, we'll find out what happens from there um i want to um also comment we know that javi baez is going to probably exercise his option 
uh, and stay in Detroit. Um, what we don't know is what's going to happen with Eduardo Rodriguez. We do know that he has until after the world, he can't make a decision. He won't announce a decision until after the world series is over because according to the contract, um, and this is just in general terms, we don't know the specifics as far as the amount of days, but according to the contract, he has at least five days after the world series is over to announce what he's going to do as far as his option is concerned. Um, he says he loves Detroit. He says he wants to stay in Detroit, but if you're Gene Motto, you don't, you don't at least test the free agency waters and see what's going on, uh, there and see if the tigers are willing to maybe match or, um, maybe match or exceed an agreement from another team. Um, to keep Eduardo Rodriguez in town for possibly longer than three years. You know what? I wouldn't mind seeing Eduardo Rodriguez because he's relatively durable. I wouldn't mind seeing him in a, in a Tigers uniform for, you know, on, on a five-year deal. Now, I don't want to necessarily a, a five-year $100 million deal. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing maybe a five-year... Well, five years at a hundred million, I guess, is probably going to be is probably what you're going to get. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing a five year, ninety million dollar deal where it's like the first three years you got twenty, you're getting twenty million a year, and then the next two you're getting fifteen. Um, I don't think they do deals like that. Um, I don't think they they front load deals like that um, as much as they used to. Um, I do know that at one point. Um, I think it was Trevor Bauer was signed for three years at 240 million. And the first two years were, were like the first year was 105 million. And the next year was 103 million. And then the, the last year the deal was only 32 million. Um, or something like that. I don't remember how the Dodgers did it, but they did something really funky like that with Trevor Bauer. Um, but I, I and I but I don't think I don't know that the Tigers would do something like that for for Eduardo Rodriguez. I wouldn't even mind it if they said, okay, we'll do four years at eighty million, and you know that's twenty million a year for for, for four years. He's just turning thirty one, so he's thirty five at that point in time, and uh, we've gotten as much as we're going to get from him at that point, probably. Um, you just never know. So, um, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Um, but let's go into a few things. Uh, the Tigers, <laughs> this team, this team is, 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 this team was frustrating this year because I picked them to win 75 games and then they went on a skid and I'm like, there's no way that they're going to win 75 games. And then they came back and played really, really well. Um, especially over the last two weeks. Now you can sit there and say, Oh, well, no, because they, you know, they lost a game to Cleveland and they, you know, they dropped two out of three to LA and they, they split with Oakland. First of all, they swept the angels. And we talked about that on the last podcast, losing two out of three to the Dodgers. Wasn't a big deal this year. A lot of teams did it. Now the Arizona diamondbacks just swept the Dodgers and the, and the NLDS, but Really, in all honesty, losing two out of three to the Dodgers, that happens. 
There are sometimes teams that are more talented than you and you just can't do much about it. Um, Oakland, I'm actually disappointed in Oakland because Detroit could have taken all four of those games. They split that series, but generally speaking, they don't win in Oakland in the regular season. They just don't. Even when the Tigers were good in 2012 and 2013 and, and, and 2006, they just didn't win in Oakland. It's not something that they did. It just wasn't a thing that they did. So, you know, to, to sit there and say, oh, well, they should have swept that series. I get that. And I agree with that. I'm a little disappointed in that because look, they were up and competitive in all four of those games. And then somebody might point to me and say, well, that eight, two loss on Friday night. Okay. That eight, two loss on Friday night where Detroit was up two to one going into the sixth. You bring Will Vest in who has arguably been one of your best relievers all year and yeah, he comes up and, 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 and spits the bit. Everybody does it from time to time. So they had one game where they didn't execute from, from, from that standpoint. That was the 8-2 loss. The 4-1 to loss on Saturday, they were actually up one nothing in that game. Going into the late innings. And then it sort of fell apart for them. But generally speaking, they played really well against the Oakland A's, a team that they should have absolutely just demolished, but a team that they've always had trouble with. It doesn't matter how good their ro- the opposing roster is, how, what the talent level is in Oakland. Detroit has always had issues with that team. And so I'm not, I'm not mad about what they did against Oakland, considering all of the, all of the contributing factors. So, um, and then of course they came home and swept the Royals, which they should have done and taken two out of three, took two out of three against Cleveland, which again, they should have done as well. Um, and you know what? I, I, I absolutely feel so honored to be able to have witnessed what happened on the last day of the season in Miguel Cabrera's final home game. Um, Detroit did it right. And Miguel Cabrera did it right. He handled it the right way. And you know what? He was open and honest with reporters about it. He was like, look, I was a little bit, I was a little bit jumpy. I had a lot. I couldn't focus. It was, it was very hard for me to, to, to play, but I did it and I got through it and I'm, 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 you know, it's on to the next chapter. He will be a part of the Tigers front office as a special assistant. I hope he's some sort of a roving instructor of some sort, because I can really see him doing well, um, what a lot of people don't get about Miguel Cabrera is he played pretty well in the field. In his younger days, he was very good in the field. He played outfield. He played shortstop. He played third. He played first. When he was originally drafted, he was drafted as a shortstop. And, and, and he, you know, he, he knows a thing or two about defense. So, to have him come in and show these young kids how to hit and how to play defense and how to play the game the right way. Yeah, I'll take that. Thank you very much. I'll take that and, and enjoy it. Like that's, that's credit to the Tigers organization. And thank you to Miguel Cabrera for letting me watch you for 16 years and enjoy your, your competitive spirit. And I've been hard on him before because I know what he can do. I was, I was, 
I watched the Cubs in 2003 when he basically single-handedly beat the Cubs in the NLCS. And he basically, him and Pudge Rodriguez beat the beat the New York Yankees in, in the World Series that year. And so I understand and I'm 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 not upset about what I was able to witness as a baseball fan. Now, on to the offseason. We don't know what's going to happen in free agency. I will tell you this. I want to see two things from the Tigers in free agency. They don't have to sign anybody, but I want them to be big players for Matt Chapman and Corbin Burns. If not Corbin Burns, somebody like Aaron Nola or one of these other right-handed pitchers that are out there on the free agent market. I want them to see, I want them to be players in those, in those, um, in those contract talks. I would love to see them get Matt Chapman. That would be good. That would make our lineup just a tiny bit better. I don't see it happening. Look, why would Matt Chapman want to go from somewhere like the Sky Dome, sorry, the Rogers Center to Detroit? Why would you want to go from the sea level, the at sea level equivalent of Colorado to the at sea level equipment of the state, the state of Kansas? Like, you just know why would you do that that's not something that you do it's not a good career move his agent's going to strongly advise against it and he'll listen to his agent you just don't you you're not going to detroit's not going to sign a bat like that unless they throw a ton of money at him like we're talking we're talking um Aaron Judge type money we're talking we're talking um Mike Trout type money, you know, the three, 360, 400 million dollar contracts that Detroit just doesn't sell, doesn't send, doesn't give to people. And, and, and I don't blame them. And I don't, I don't, I don't have a problem with that, but I want them to at least be a player in that sweepstakes. I want them to be able to come up and say, and now Corbin Burns, first of all, I do believe he's still under contract. He is arbitration eligible. Um, I don't know that the, that, 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 um, I have a feeling that the Brewers and him are going to part ways. And when they do, I want Detroit to be standing right there saying, Hey, Corbin, come pitch at Comerica Park. Come pitch where half of your starts are in a ballpark where 412 feet away is is the center field wall. Come pitch in a ballpark where we have Parker Meadows and Riley Green out there in the outfield and we have Javier Baez in the middle, up the middle and we've got Jake Rogers that you can throw to and possibly Carson Kelly that you can throw to and, 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 and watch your career just jump, watch your numbers go off, absolutely off the charts in a positive way. Come on and do that. Um, or possibly Aaron Nola. Look, Aaron Nola has been pitching in Philadelphia. You have a chance to go from Philadelphia, from Citizens Bank Ballpark, that that BAM box, to Comerica Park, where you can basically make a mistake over the middle of the plate, and you know darn well that if and unless it's hit like, unless it's Shohei Otane hitting it, you know darn well that that Parker Meadows is going to run out and grab it as long as you hit it, as long as you make him hit it to the to center field. So knowing all of that. Yeah. Come on. Come on, boys. Come play with us. 
So that's what I want to see. I don't know that we're going to see that. Everybody's talking about the possibility of Tarek Skubal getting traded. I think Scott Harris knows better than that. I don't think he's going to do something like that unless you give him somebody that you like that's an absolute star in the making. And somebody who is guaranteed to go 40-40. Like if 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 Atlanta calls and says, "Hey, we're going to trade you Ronald Acuna Jr. for uh, Tarek Skubal and and a couple of minor leaguers. Yeah, you do that deal. But that deal's not out there. So Scott Harris isn't going to do it because it's not there to be done. Um, apparently the free agent class this year is not very, is, outside of Matt Chapman, is sort of lackluster. I don't expect Detroit to sign a big free agent bat. Um, we'll see what happens after the, after the non-tender deadline, because you never know who's going to get non-tendered. Um, I don't foresee Austin Meadows coming back to this team. Look, he's, he's, he's just not been able to put it, able to put it all together. He's not been able to even get out onto the field and you can't, you can't keep paying money to a guy that, that, that you can't, you can't count on. It's just the business side of it. It's sad and it sucks, but it is the business side of baseball. So I don't see Austin Meadows coming back. I don't see, um, honestly, I don't see um, Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, I don't see him uh, electing to stay in Detroit on his current deal. I, he may come back with a better deal, but I don't see him electing to stay in Detroit on his current deal. And honestly, sadly, I think Javi Baez is going to be back. Detroit still has questions as to what to do with Carson Kelly. I'm not really sure how to feel about that if they decide to let him go. I'm not, I'm not upset about that, but I'm also not upset if they decide to keep him because he did do well behind the dish. He was a, he was a bit of a liability offensively, and Detroit really can't afford that. But... I keep hearkening back to a guy by the name of Vance Wilson, who is now the third base coach with Kansas City, and um, or who was the third base coach with Kansas City. He may have gone with uh, with uh, Pedro Griffol to Chicago, but um, he was a backup catcher for Detroit for years. He was also with the Mets, I do believe, but he was a backup catcher with Detroit for years, and. Got an occasional hit, an occasional big hit, but his hallmark and his calling card was his defense. And I really, I really feel strongly that um, you need somebody like that behind the dish to, um, as a backup catcher, you don't want a backup catcher that's a defensive liability. Because a lot of your starting catchers are defensive liabilities. Now, Jake Rogers is not, but a lot of them are because they're, they're bats play. And so they're like, well, we'll just let them catch because we still have that bat. And I think that's the wrong way to do it, but that is the, that is the way of baseball. So with that, I really think that Detroit, like I said, I'm not going to be too upset if they let Carson Kelly go, but I'm also not going to be too upset if they keep Carson Kelly around. Um, you know, there's other players and other decisions that Detroit has to, there's other players that, that, that I, I, 
would like to see stay in Detroit and there's um, other decisions that the Tigers have to make that I don't even know about. But I'm happy with the direction that this team is taking. I really am. And I feel a lot more optimistic about 2024 with Scott Harris at the helm and Jeff Greenberg, who is the new, uh, the new general manager at the helm than I did in 2022 when, or going into 2022 with Alavila. Now, Chris Illich, I still think is goofy or Donald Duck or Mickey Mouse, whichever, whichever one of those three Disney characters you want to give him, because I don't think he's going to give Scott Harris the resources that he needs to be a player in these big deals. But I, 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 I still think that Scott Harris has, and, and, and that, that development staff have a very good handle on what they need to do to get this young talent to, um, to produce and, and, and be a winner. I really think this team has um, a lot of winning seasons ahead of it. And I think Scott Harris and Jeff Greenberg and AJ Hinch are going to be the driving force behind that. And I'm really happy to see that. With that, I will be back after the non-tender deadline. I will be back with the uh, news from the winter meetings. Should Detroit do anything major there? If there's any major trades, I'll uh, analyze those and I'll be back to talk about those. Until then, thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much to Anchor for distributing the podcast. Check us out on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash at TB podcast. Um, I'm on Mastodon at TB podcast at tweezcake.social that's at t-w-e-e-s-e cake.social um, I'm on Twitter I refuse to call it X I'm on Twitter at podcast tigers you can email the show tigersbaseballpodcast at gmail.com it's the world's longest email address and I'm proud of that so there's all sorts of ways that you can catch up with the show and keep up with the show thanks to everybody for listening and like rate and subscribe do all the things let your friends know let's have a good year next year thanks again for listening everybody and go tigers